the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Have y'all ever had an issue and then you called for, like, help, a support line, and you get some guy from the outer reaches of somewhere who, who answers the phone, and you're having difficulty understanding each other, and you ask him a very specific question, a very, you want to know something very specific to try to get something fixed, and you're just waiting for him to get to the question you've asked him. You keep asking the question, and he seems to be answering with everything but the answer. He seems to be giving you everything but the answer. Now, I've listened to some sermons like that, too. And, you know, the reality of it is, is that when we come before the Lord in prayer, and this has happened to me so many times, I've come before the Lord, and I've come to the end of all my petitions. I've come to the end of all of my complaints. I've come to the end of everything that I had to say, and still there is no rest. And I just simply say, I love you, Lord. And everything within me says, Amen. The peace that I thought I would get by complaining at Him escaped me. The peace that I thought I would get by articulating my circumstances escaped me. But when I finally spoke the truth of my heart and said, I love you, there was peace. It was like the first honest word I'd spoken. It was the reality that I had not come to grips with. My heart is for Him and for nobody else. My life is for Him and for nobody else. Nothing else suits me. We're in the uh, first chapter of Thessalonians, and last week I gave everybody a little history about the, the city of Thessalonica, and about the people there, and about how Paul ended up there, and how a church was actually formed there. And one of the things that we saw by going back into Acts chapter 27, where Paul is initiating that journey, one of the things that becomes clear to us is that Paul had no plans to go to Thessalonica. He had no plans to go there. And what happened with Paul was quite simply that Paul planned to go this way, and and the Holy Spirit said, no, you won't be going that way. You won't be going into Asia. And he says, okay, well, then I'll go this way. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I don't think that's the way either. You're not going to be going that way either. 
and he decides, well, I'll go this way here, and the Holy Spirit then sends him a vision and says, will you please turn around and go to Macedonia? And Paul says, hey, you know what? Thy will be done. I guess I'll go to Macedonia. And he turns and he heads that direction. Now, everybody in the room would say, you know what? I just wish that God would give me that kind of direction. You know what? I wish I could know the will of God like that. It would be great if if he would direct my life in that way. Well, I want to tell you something. There's a a formula I'm going to give you tonight. You know how big I am on formula. I'm going to give you a formula tonight on how you can know the direction of God, the Holy Spirit, will interact in your life in the very same way. In fact, this, is, this formula is not new to Paul. Jesus himself used this exact same formula. And this is it. Now, I want you all, you got your pencils? You ready for this? Write it down. Thy will be done. That's it. You know, Paul wasn't holding on going to Asia. That was Paul's will, and Paul wasn't holding on to it. Paul simply said, you know what, I think I'll go to Asia. He turns this way, and God says, no, you won't be going that direction. And he says, thy will be done, and he turns. Three times he turns. Three times he turns. Now, you know what, I need to learn this. Because I get it in my, my head that God is leading me in a certain direction, and I think I'm going a certain direction. I start out that way, and God says, no, you won't be doing that. And, oh, God, you've forsaken me. Oh, Lord, you've taken your hand off me. I don't know where to go. I'm lost. I'm lost. Well, I guess I'll go this way. I'm not participating in confidence. I'm not enjoying the fact that I have a God. I'm not realizing the reality that I am His child and He has a plan for me. No, I'll just go this way and see if God will lead me this way. And I go this way and God says, no, you won't be going that way either. So I turn around and say, well, I guess all that's left is go. I hope you're in this, Lord. I sure hope you're in this. And suddenly I can go this direction. You know what? If I'd started from the beginning and said, thy will be done, then I could have saved myself a whole lot of misery and participated in the truth that I have a God. That He directs my path. That He will guide me. The shepherd guides the sheep. They don't go by trial and error so much as they go by the shepherd. And you know what? Here's what I do at the beginning of each day. I lay my life before Him and I say, Thy will be done. I'm the sheep, you're the shepherd. Now, if I start off in the wrong directions, whose job is it to correct that? His. Absolutely His. Now, it's important that you latch on to this truth, because if you don't believe it, He'll prove it to you. Okay? Paul ended up in Thessalonica because there were no other options. (laughs) He tried the other options and they didn't work. He went there because the Spirit of God guided him there. Every direction he went, the Spirit of God says no. The Spirit of God said no. And then the Spirit of God said yes. Now here's the reality of it. When we look at Paul's journey in Acts, we have to see that Paul had laid aside his will to the work of God before he ever started. He laid aside his will. He said, I'm not guiding my life. You're guiding my life. I am not creating the will of God. I am participating in the will of God. So Paul arrives in the city of Thessalonica, and it's a city overrun with wickedness, immorality and corruption. 
And he begins to preach at the synagogue and then in some homes. And a small group of people are saved and form a fellowship. And within a short time, this fellowship that is formed, that's being led by him, gets into trouble. Because the Jews that he'd been talking to in the synagogue decide that they're, they don't like the way this is all going. They don't like the way it's pulling people away from them. And though it didn't pull very many, they were jealous of his action. And so they incite a riot. Which is interesting to me. They couldn't get enough Jews to get a real riot going. So they went down to the marketplace and gathered up some of the rabble who had nothing else to do. And they incite a riot against Paul and the brethren. And some of the brethren get arrested. Okay? And they said, what, you know, this guy, he's changing the whole world with his, with his, he's upsetting the whole world with his teaching and so forth. And the brethren say, you know what, uh, we'll pay the bail. We're not guilty of, of all these things. And they pay the bail and they get out. And Paul is waiting somewhere and they go to Paul and say, you know, you need to, it's time to move on. And you know what? Paul had to say, thy will be done. But I know none, I know none of you are, are, well, maybe not none of you, but not all of you are pastors. Can you imagine what was going on in his mind? This whole fellowship just started. It just started. I just started discipling these people. And now I've got to go. So they run him out of town. The Jews literally run him out of town. He goes to the next town. I'm giving you a little rerun. Goes to the next town, and I'm sure he's thinking, well, I'll go here and minister for, minister for a while, and then I'll travel back and, and help the Thessalonians. That ain't going to happen. He gets there, and here comes that same troop, the Jews. They run him out of that town. And it happens to him, not once, not twice, but three times. He's a three-time kid every time. They run him out of the last, and finally he settles, and he's way out in Corinth, and he says, you know what? I don't know what's going on over there. I'm a little anxious, a little concerned, so I'm going to send Timothy. And Timothy's report is the basis of the book. Paul had to say when it came to his discipling, thy will be done. Because he gets run out of three cities, he can't come back to this young group, and, he's gotta, and the people around him has got to ask well, how well is the plan working? How well is discipling working? Well, you know, Paul Paul could have looked at this thing differently, couldn't he? He could have said, you know what, and this is probably what Todd would have said. Well, Lord, now if you were in this, I wouldn't have gotten run out of town. Lord, if you were in this, I would still be in there discipling. And you ran me not out of one, but three towns. That tells me I apparently have not been called into the ministry. You know, what I've been called into is some kind of traveling show. And I can't, I just, I just don't believe. I don't believe that you're blessing my ministry. I don't believe that you, that you are, you are allowing me to have a fruitful harvest in these towns. So I think I'll just resign. I'll go back to tent making. Now that'd be Todd. And how about you? You see, that little verse, that little saying that I gave you at the beginning, won't allow you to do that. Saying, thy will be done, as Paul said from the very beginning in this thing, as he put his will before the Father, and he went to this place, and they ran him out of town. He says, you know what? The will of God has run me off. But here's the truth of it. He has called me to minister 
His life and His Word. And I will minister His life and His Word. If I'm run out of every town I know anything about it, I'm going to continue. Thy will be done. But you can't do that if you're judging on the externals. You can't live that way if you're judging on the externals. Because immediately you say, God has yanked His his blessing. God has yanked His anointing. God has yanked this or that or the other. And I'm sitting out here by myself. But the reality is that God doesn't yank anything in terms of His life in you. When He says that I have put my Spirit in you, He didn't say that I put my Spirit in you and it will be there from time to time. He didn't say that I put myself in union with you for an occasion. The bottom line is that you have, if you are a child of God, you are in union with the Spirit of God. You are your spirit in union with Him. And there is no separation. The work and the ministry of Christ's life in you does not take a holiday. It does not quit. It should be constant. And the only reason that you do not enjoy it or recognize it is either A, you haven't yielded yourself to it, or B, God knows you well enough to know you couldn't handle it. Those are only two reasons. Here's the reality. Paul knew what he was called to. He wasn't distracted from the work of God by the circumstances. If anybody should have been discouraged in the ministry, it should have been Paul. It really should. I imagine at the convention, he was probably sitting around explaining to these guys, they all probably gather around and want to know, well, how, why in the world are you still doing this, Paul? How well is God's plan working? But Paul, he held on to the truth. You see, this is the thing that he knew. In all of this, Paul looks up to heaven and he cries out, Thy will be done. And Paul sees that it wasn't his plan that brought him to Thessalonica. And it wasn't his plan that drew the hearts of these people to Jesus. And it wasn't his plan or even his responsibility or his charge to be the maturation, the spiritual growth of these people. That Jesus does it all. That the Spirit of God does it all. That the only thing that Paul was to do was to be yielded to the work of God. And faithful is He who called you, who will also do it. That's also in Thessalonians, by the way, chapter 5. You'll see it later. Paul trusted in this. It's God, and it was God all along who was bringing about His will. So Paul gives thanks. Now let's read the verses Thessalonians 1 through 3. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, Silvanus, Silas, and Timothy, and that's actually three people, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the assembly church of Thessalonians, of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. Grace, spiritual blessing, and divine favor to you, and heart peace. We are ever giving thanks to God for all of you, continually mentioning you when engaged in our prayers, recalling unceasingly before our God and Father your work energized by faith and service motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now, we talked about verse 1 last week. And I want to remind you of a very important point. This is an important point for those of you who have been called into a fellowship or a group of believers known as a church. Paul is saying, it says to the church of Thessalonica, he says, 
to the church of Thessalonica in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word there is ecclesia, which means called out. So what Paul is saying, to the church consisting of those who God has called together in Christ to be the church of Thessalonica. You see, there is a calling upon the brethren as they gather together. You think that you're in charge of deciding where you attend and worship. But I want to tell you that God is in charge of where you go to worship because He has literally shaped the environment to, to minister and to do His maturing work in you. Well, some of you say, well, I just go here occasionally. The other church I go to is just full of all kinds of problems. Well, you probably need them. Or they need your expression of Christ. The reality is that we do not choose those things. We yield to God's choice. Because only He knows. Have you looked at the shepherd's prayer? We don't even know when to lay down. We certainly don't know where to eat. The bottom line is, that if God has called you into a fellowship, it's God's calling. And there's a purpose in it. Now, I know that's a self-serving message for, for a pastor to preach, but it's in there. It's in the Word of God. And here's the point. That you're called into a fellowship, a group of believers for a purpose. That Christ has a plan, a maturation, a plan of discipleship, a, a plan of growing you. And the lives of the people who are surrounding you have a part in that. There's a purpose in it. So don't believe for a second that it's just the lottery and you just go wherever you want to go. Because the bottom line is when you take that attitude, what you do is you preclude the sovereignty and the work of God in your life and you're not participating in it. You're playing at it. God calls you into church to participate in His worship. To participate in His work. To participate in what He's doing in the lives of the people about you. Now, this church in Thessalonica, Paul is basically saying, is not gathered by the will of man, but the call of God for the purpose of God. And Paul is saying, you as a church are the work of God. And he takes no ownership in this. He didn't take any credit in it at all. Now, Paul has just received the report from Timothy as to their progress. And Paul is absolutely elated. He's, he is completely beside himself. He says, wow, basically they have grown They have matured. And you know what? If you look at the record, this church has more spiritual depth than any of the other churches that Paul visited. If you look at the record, Paul holds them up, and you'll see this later in Thessalonians. He holds them up and says, hey, you guys, you need to be like these guys. Well, is it because they had great programs? Is it because they were they were they had a great evangelism program or they had a great witnessing program or they had a great Bible memory program? No. You know what it is and what you're going to see is that this church is completely yielded to the only one who was around to instruct, the only one who was around to mature, the only one who was around to shape and mold and live the, and help them live their lives to grow in their love for him. It was Jesus. Quite simply, Jesus. And these people learned, as I hope you have learned, that the only way we grow in Christ is to yield to that life and let Him take the responsibility of growing us and maturing us and teaching us.
you know what? Some of the other churches had a lot of teaching. Some of the other churches had a lot of exhortation and preaching. Some of the other churches had become dependent on their knowledge. And when you become dependent upon your knowledge about God, rather than truly knowing Him, then you will never have enough knowledge. Number one. Number two, every option that man and the enemy and the world provides for you to try to elevate yourself spiritually, you will jump in on. You know what the problem of Ephesians, Philippians, we've gone through these books, Colossians. You know why legalism takes such a hold? Because so many of those people had learned to bring themselves into maturity, they thought, through what they knew, through what they understood, and they were looking for a little bit more. Listen, you talk to a spiritual man of God and ask him how he got to where he is. How did you get there? He won't be able to tell you. He won't be able to tell you. Jesus brought me along, point by point, step by step. I just walked with him. I just spent time with him. That's all I know. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he who is calling you to himself. Who's he calling you to? Himself. Not to a program. Not to a denomination. Not to an activity. But to himself. And utterly trustworthy. And he will also do it. He will fulfill his call of hallowing and keeping you. Oh, Paul might have said, who's going to protect those poor young Christians? Who's going to keep them safe from all of the gross immorality, all the corruptions of that city? Who is going to protect them? They're not going to know what to leave alone. Who's going to be there to teach them what not to do? Who's going to guide them in what to leave alone? How is that going to work? Paul could have said those things. Faithful is he who called you, who will also do it. He was hallowing and keeping and keeping you. Do you think that your behavior keeps you? Do you think that your study keeps you? Do you think that what you know keeps you? Do you think your devotion keeps you? Do you think your commitment keeps you? What do you believe about who keeps you? I can tell you, you will say to me, that I believe Jesus keeps me. I want to be there when you fail. Because that will prove. I want to listen to the promises you offer to Him upon your failure. That will prove what you believe keeps you. The reality is that we're in a covenant with a God who says, I am not dependent upon you to love you. I love you because it's who I am. I will keep you. I will hallow you. Who is going to be credited for the growth and maturity of this fellowship Who has taught them to know God, to grow in their love for God, to express the ministry of Christ in their lives? Well, look at verse 2. We are ever giving thanks to God for all of you, continually mentioning you when engaged in our prayers. You see, Paul sees that he and his companions were blessed to participate in the work of God and be branches through which the abiding life was expressed and fruit was harvested. This is the abundance that we've been given. You see, we have so much to be thankful because we are branches. 
So many Christians don't understand this. They walk around and they say, where's the abundant life? How can I create the abundant life? What is the abundant life? What, what do I have to do to have abundant life? You know what the abundant life is? You look at the branch and you look at the vine and the abundant life is that life that flows through the branch from the vine. And when life literally draws that from you, you are blessed. You are living in abundance. Listen, I said this before, but as a branch, when I came across the things in this world that literally threatened me, when I came across issues such as health, and when I came across issues such as death, and when I came across issues such as unemployment, and when I came across issues like loving an enemy, when I came across all of those issues, I had to draw on something other than humanity. I had to draw on something other than my knowledge of the Bible. I had to draw on something other than my Christian activity. I had to draw on something other than myself. I had to draw on a life. And that life is the life of Christ. And the abundance of that life is when that life is literally expressed through me. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.